0: My name is Ryan Miner. I am your host of a Minor Detail Radio podcast, where the minor details of every story matter. Each week, I talk to Maryland newsmakers, from elected officials, journalists, political candidates, to policy wonks, and everyday Marylanders. A Minor Detail podcast is the fusion between Maryland news and politics. Real people, real stories, honest conversation. You can also follow us on the web at aminordetail.com. Sit back, relax, relax and have fun. Good evening, everybody. My name is Ryan Miner. I'm your host of A Minor Detail Radio podcast, found on BlogTalkRadio.com/slash A Minor Detail. I'm on iTunes. I'm on TuneIn Radio, Castbox. You name it. If there is a podcast medium out there, then uh, I should be on it. Um, I'm working on getting onto Google Play. That is in the works. And uh, but welcome everybody. I have returned from a week of a sabbatical. I was in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina with the family, took a nice vacation for a week, and uh, we ate lots of delicious seafood and spent our days on the beach, inside of the ocean. I read lots of books, and I'm back and rested and ready, like everybody else, to head off to work tomorrow. I have a special guest this evening. His name is Donnie Souders. He is a Smithsburg town councilman, And look, I'm a Washington County boy through and through. Born, raised, educated, family's still there. Love my hometown, love my community, and spent a lot of time in Smithsburg growing up. And Donnie's gonna come on tonight and he's gonna talk about some of the issues that are happening. And there's been a lot that has been going on in the town of Smithsburg. And Donnie's gonna provide some insight into what has been happening, some of those key local issues that are sparking community citizens and people to show up to those town council meetings that sometimes people are bereft of attending. But nonetheless, I'm going to go ahead and welcome Smithsburg Town Councilman Donnie Saunders. Hey, Donnie, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Ryan, thanks for having me on this evening.
0: Yeah, you bet. You are a a popular guy. And (laughs) I say that because... There's a lot going on in the city or in the town of, of Smithsburg. And, look, it's, a, it's one of those small towns in America that if you haven't visited, you have, to, you have to stop out there. And how many stoplights does Smithsburg have? What, three, four maybe? In,
1: in the actual town, we have two.
0: Okay. Uh, we have the
1: one in the square and then one by the school. And then once you get out to 64 and 77, of course, those are county-controlled stoplights. So the town only has two of its own.
0: And a speed camera to boot.
1: And a speed camera to boot. Um, you know, it's funny. I know the politics around speed cameras can be, you know, dicey at, at periods of time. And I can tell you that when we when we went down that path of introducing a speed camera to that intersection, um, it was really for the mindset of trying to slow, you know, folks down. We get a lot of commuters that come in from out of state uh, that come through our community because we are a pipeline into the, you know, Pennsylvania, Greencastle, Waynesboro area. Um, So we really wanted to use that as a tool, as a mechanism to slow folks down. Um, And I would say that in the years that we've had it, our our numbers have uh, slowly decreased as far as the amount of speed, uh, which is always a good thing because I have children that go to that school system um, and no one wants to put anyone's child in a position where, um, you know, they have to worry about somebody flying through Uh, an intersection and uh, doing some severe damage or actually killing a student. So, you know, I know the politics of a speed camera can be dicey, but, um, you know, if it's used in the right context of safety, public safety first, um, I think they're a very good tool to be used.
0: As a town councilman, Donnie, that's the first priority is public safety, making sure that your citizens are safe, that they have active and running water, that they are taken care of at the most local level as possible. And you first joined the city council. You were first elected, I believe, back in July of 2008. And at the time, you were 34 years old. You had made a run for the Hagerstown City Council. Um, However, at that time, you didn't make it to the primary. And then you were elected in 2006 to the Democratic central committee. So since then, I believe at that time you were working as a sales manager for the Swedish match North America, North America, excuse me. Um, what, it, you know, since being elected, you've been in elected office 10 years. That's, that's quite a while for um, someone as young as you are. And that's a, 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 a certainly an impressive tenure. And I'm sure that you have seen this city or the town of Smithsburg go through several different iterations, policy-wise, new people, school system, roads, those basic community local issues that you deal with. So, you know, since been on since being on the council, let's talk about that a little bit and spend a few minutes about kind of what you have seen starting way back in 2008 to where we are today.
1: Well, uh, you're absolutely correct. I lived in, I'm a Hagerstown guy, born and raised, uh, lived there. I still have, uh, most of my family lives there. Uh, my father subsequently moved down to Conway, South Carolina, not too far from where you just spent your vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like you, i am a Washington County boy, uh, grew up here, um, went to South Hagerstown High School, went to Hagerstown Community College. Um, I've been in sales uh, pretty much since I got out of college, uh, which has given me the flexibility to be able to do some of the other things that I do in addition to being on the town council, um, I'm also president of the Washington County Basketball Officials Association, so my responsibility is uh, to make sure that we have officials at basketball games throughout Washington County from the months of November through March. Um, so I try to keep myself busy, um, and I've always been enamored and loved politics. As a matter of fact, last night I watched the LBJ movie, uh, you know, that's what you do on a Saturday evening is watch a political film, um, but... Yeah, I, I got into it, uh, as you noted. Uh, I ran for city uh, Hagerstown, town council, didn't get out of the primary, then got elected to the um, Democratic Central Committee. I served there as their treasurer for three years, uh, moved to Smithsburg at the end of 2005. I couldn't run in their 2006 election because I didn't live in town long enough, uh, so therefore I had to wait till the 2008 election. Um, I was on council up until 2015 until I moved out of the jurisdiction um, or out of town briefly for about three, four months. Um, then I moved back in, had to wait a year, and then ran in 2016 and got reelected for a third time. Nice. Um, so it's, it's one of those where, you know, you get elected, especially at the small town level. Um, you get elected because your neighbors are your constituents, your friends are your constituents, Um, At this level, it doesn't matter if you're Democratic, Republican, independent, Green Party, Reform Party, whatever it may be, it's about how you're going to spend your neighbors and your friends' money, um, you know, because we have a vastly direct uh, effect on their wallet and their their ability to enjoy uh, what a small town like Smithsburg has to offer. Um, So that was you know, the premise of getting elected was that I wanted to serve. I wanted to to uh, leave a, a lasting put footprint in the community of which I reside. Um, and hopefully in my nearly 10 years of being on the council, uh, when my time is up, I'll be able to look back at what we've achieved here over that period of time and uh, be proud of the accomplishments not only of myself and, and the current council and our new mayor, uh, but the previous councils, and of course, um, uh, Mildred Myers had been the mayor here for over 20 years. Um, under her leadership, the town was able to uh, achieve great things. Uh, you know, with the addition of the library, uh, the expansion of Veterans Park, the increase in um, uh, Lions Community Park, our ability to bring uh, curbside recycling and an effective um, price to our customer or to our um, our residents and constituents. As well as um, I'm kind of a policy guy, so I'm one that likes to get in and look at things, and and I'm a precedent setter. So whatever we do today is something that we should look to encourage and follow, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now when I'm no longer around. Um, You know, you want to be consistent. You want to make sure that uh, it's a fair playing field for everyone and that uh, your government really works for the town as a whole and not individuals.
0: Yeah, growing up, I grew up in Halfway, and of course, Halfway was not incorporated. I spent my, I spent uh, about nine years of my life inside of the city of Hagerstown. We lived across the streets in the city park. Um, at the time, my mom was married to someone um, who started a business in Leidersburg and then ultimately um, had grown up in Smithsburg. So I know the town really well, and I know that when you – when you run and you, when you, when you go out and, and spend time in Smithsburg, there's, there's, it's a real community feeling. It's a great small town. I've been to the park several times. If you want to know what is going on inside of the community? You have to spend some time at the Dixie diner.
1: And I say Absolutely. that with a smile.
0: Cause that's that's where the heart and soul of the town is. And they have some of the best home cooked food. And I'd say in all of Western Maryland, there's no place really like the Dixie diner. I I'd say, Maybe up in Accident, Maryland, there's the um, Annie's Kitchen. Um, if you go up to the Deep, Deep Creek Link, and then if you head down to Williamsport, there is the Desert Rose Cafe, owned by my friend uh, uh, Rose and her, um, and then of course Pam. And there's there's a couple other places in Washington County that are similar to the Dixie Diner. But if you go sit down there and you sit at the counter and you start listening, you hear some what is, you hear some of that gossip, and I don't want to say gossip, but you just hear people talking. You're, well it's it, it's
1: it's generally the backbone of a community. You've always got that one pivotal place that um you know someone in the community has either owned it, managed it, or their family mm-hmm. has passed it down you know over a course of time um you know the great thing is we've got the Dixie diner we've got the Smithsburg market. Um, You know, we just had a meeting myself and the mayor, and another council member just met with the DeHaan family, who are the operators of Hadley Farms, and and we're glad that they're not leaving our community anytime soon. Um, So things, you know, for a small town um, are good. Um, You know, with any town, you know, you always look to be better. Uh, You strive to uh, keep up with the times and and be progressive, and I don't mean progressive in the you know the political sense, but just on the forward thinking of things and trying to be ahead of things, and that's what we're trying to do here. And it's you know you to go back to your your intro about small towns and they want to make sure that their water and sewer and and things like that work and you've got a police department that's available well those are some some of the major issues that we're facing um, over here in Smithsburg and as I'm aware I'm sure you're aware of the headlines and things that you've probably seen on other news outlets here in the last several weeks um, there is a growing frustration between the elected officials here in in town of Smithsburg and 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 most notably with the Board of County Commissioners and um, you know, there are some concerns that um, yeah. you had talked about halfway being an unincorporated area of Washington County, um, and we're like a lot of small towns that um, we are a, a tax-based revenue town, meaning that uh, 90% of our, our budget comes from tax revenues, um, and we're not growing. Uh, we haven't had substantial growth here since the early 2000s. I think the last time we had anything built was around 2004, Uh, So we're kind of stagnant, and uh, we as a town council and the previous council have been working to move us into, you know, 2018 and beyond and looking at other ways of of creating revenue for the town without having to to tax our constituents. Um, We currently are about the third lowest tax rate in Washington County. Um, and if some things don't grow uh, go as far as growth and annexation that we're working on, we could easily become the second or third highest tax municipality in Washington County. Um, yeah. And as I stated earlier, when when your friends and your neighbors or your constituents and someone that, you know, you, you drop your kid off and you know everyone that goes into the school and you talk to them and you see them every day, you know, it's kind of hard to look at your friends and constituents in your in their face and say, hey, you know, sorry, we've got to raise your taxes exponentially, but – Uh, This is where we're at. So Smithsburg is like a lot of small towns. We love our small town feel, um, but we also understand that um, in these economic times, uh, growth is something that that you have to look forward to or look towards. And um, the previous councils and this current council are trying to do the the best strategic growth we can for our community. And hopefully at some point in time the the Board of County Commissioners will get along with us and, and we can get this thing moving.
0: Donnie, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the the late or the the great um, Mildred Mickey Myers, who, as you mentioned earlier, she was the mayor for 20 years. Mickey Myers is a is, is 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 I would say synonymous with saying the town of Smithsburg, and she is someone who I knew growing up. I'm 33 years. Well, I'd be 33. I'm 32 now, um, and I I just remember her being in elected office for many years. Has done so much good for the community, Uh, a great person, someone that truly dedicated um, 20 years of public service to find new and innovative solutions um, to make sure that you were able to maintain a sustainable tax base, and she understood what projects needed to occur um, alongside of her council. Now, the council and she may have had some disagreements, but as you mentioned, You know, local government was really – it's never about Republican, Democrat versus Independent versus Democrat versus Republican. It's it's about what is best for the schools, what is best for the police department, and how you fund certain aspects of of town government as well as your budget. So let me ask you this question, Donnie. What is the operating budget in the town of Smithsburg?
1: It is approximately $1.7 million dollars.
0: Okay, and looking at the issue that you raised, and this is what I really want to talk about tonight, let's I want to talk about the annexation process. I want to talk about the the new development, um, Cloverly Hill, and some of the the process that took to from the starting point to where you are now. And moving into, of course, the water and sewer issue. And I also wanted to bring up another point that Smithsburg recently elected a new mayor. And I just wanted to – I was hoping that you would share a few words about him.
1: Yeah, well, let's start with the latter. Um, um, Jack Castle Ring was elected uh, this past um, uh, May – or I'm sorry, was actually sworn in in June – um, and Jack's been someone uh, as well Is a, a, I believe most of his family was from the Williamsport halfway area, the Kessel Rings, wherever in that area. Um, his dad owned a, a small uh, mom and pop kind of shop. Um, he lived here for a while, moved away for a little bit, met his current wife, um, who was also a Washington County resident, moved back to Smithsburg. And Jack has done a lot with Um, Some of our community activities and events, um, we all, I don't know if you guys recall, but Mitchell Akers was a student over here at Smithsburg uh, that tragically uh, was killed in an accident over at Municipal Stadium several years ago. Um, And Jack has been a very very big supporter of the Mitchell Akers Foundation and scholarship funds and has thrown a lot of uh, fundraisers and things like that uh, in, in Mitch's honor. Um, He's been involved, whether it's with his own kids, whether it's been in other community uh, activities. Uh, Jack had always been involved. Um, Wasn't really sure if he wanted to get into politics. Um, He and I had a conversation when it was, you know, uh, kind of decided or announced that Mickey was not going to uh, seek another term as mayor. Um, I felt that my role in uh, or on the town council um, and serving potentially as the vice president of the council was something that I think was going to be more beneficial to the town. Um, and Jack brought some fresh ideas. And it, it's tough for, you know, politicians that have been around for a while to, to to sit back and say, you know, maybe it is time to bring someone with completely fresh ideas. Um, Ideals and approaches. As we noted, Mickey was here for 20 years as mayor, and I was here for almost half of that. Um, So, you know, it it wasn't bad to get, you know, an outsider, not in the sense of not living in town, but someone that hadn't been stuck in the everyday nuances of what we did at the town council and the town government. Um, So, you know, Jack has come in with a lot of energy, with a lot of passion. Um, his mantra is that he wants to bring things that um, haven't been in Smithsburg to Smithsburg. You know, we've got a lot of youth sports in our community, many of which have to use outside fields uh, to host their home games and tournaments and things like that. And uh, we're looking at ways that we can incorporate some of those things back into Smithsburg um, so we can be a community that's focused and centered around activities that bring not only our own involved but can also bring outside people in and and share in some of what we have to offer like you mentioned before the Dixie Diner uh, you know or walking through the the town uh, in the middle of the afternoon and smelling those fresh baked uh, rolls and buns and everything from Hadley Farms or stopping up at our market or or even just talking to several of the mechanics that we have that work in downtown Smithburg so you know he's trying, you know, to do those things. Um, as I alluded to earlier, we've reached out to Hadley Farms to make them a little bit uh, more of the community. Now that we know that they're staying for a while, uh, with no intention of moving to PA anytime soon. Um, And and we're trying different things. We're we're working right now. Uh, The mayor has advised the the town manager to seek some information um, on an economic development of downtown and what we can do moving forward to help incubate the businesses that are in town, as well as help create uh, more outside of town. So I think... Bringing in someone fresh with new ideas, with new thoughts, and a passion for what he wants to do I think is a good thing. And as you alluded to earlier, you know, Mickey and I didn't always agree. Um, you know, I even said in her closing remarks when she was leaving her, her last uh, meeting as the mayor, um, you know, no matter if I agreed or disagreed with uh, Mildred Myers, uh, Mickey, as everyone knew her, um, she did put a lot of time, a lot of effort. Um, she does have a lot of love for this town. Um, And she's been heavily uh, vested in this town for a long period of time So, um, you know, as one chapter closes And and the town opens up a new chapter in this book um, I think Jack Kesselring is going to do a a fantastic job Of moving this town into the next direction it needs to go
0: Good, good, Um, and I I appreciate those words And I look forward to following Jack And um, seeing how uh, he's he's doing in elected office So let's talk about annexation Donnie, that's been the hot topic. That's been on everybody's mind. It's made several newspaper articles, and I'm gonna I'm gonna quote several of Sherry Greenfield, um, several of her written stories. And she has been uh, diligent in covering uh, the towns of Smithsburg, Sharpsburg, and Kittysville, and several of the nonprofit organizations. But she has have had her eye on the pulse of what is truly going on with the annexation deal. So let's talk about from the very beginning about what the annexation was at the beginning when you first, when you, when, and as you mentioned earlier, I want to do a brief uh, aside that you meant. you said that, look, you don't want to raise taxes. You, you, we want to make sure that we keep the budget as is, but you need to grow. And with that, when you have increased, when you increase your tax base um, through additional um people moving into the community and living there and supporting the community, then you're going to have to figure out how to grow somewhere. So ultimately you decided to annex some property um, and then you're going to build a new development. So can you walk us through that process? What happened? What were the speed bumps? What did the community initially want and where we are today with the project?
1: Well, to go back to the very beginning, this actually started well before um, I was actually on council um, it started back around 2005 when Mr. Cross, who is the owner of the nearly 70 acres just outside of, of uh, Smithsburg, at that time it is now annexed in the Smithsburg, but at that time it was just outside of Smithsburg on Route 64 and 77. Um, he had approached the town, like I said, in 2005, uh, the first initial uh, conversation or debate about the the proposed annexation was whether or not it was contiguous to the town, because as you're fully aware, well uh, aware, state law you have to be contiguous to the um, the municipality that you plan to annex in. Uh, you know that way you just can't. You know, like Smithsburg couldn't grab land over in Chooseville if it didn't. You know, uh, connect to the town in some sort of fashion. So that was the first go around uh, through some maneuvering with lawyers and getting some information back from the state of Maryland, they were able to show uh, that the property that was proposed to be annexed back then uh, was contiguous with town and then could be uh, annexed into town. So in Mr. Cross's original development request, uh, Mm -hmm. which was back in 2007, mid-2007, uh, his original plan, as he presented to the town council and planning commission here in Smithsburg, was to build around 90 single-family homes on that property, or, or in that acreage.
0: Um, Uh-oh, even
1: development.
0: Po- huh. Wave the sirens, Dottie. That's new development, and you know how many people feel about growing or any sort of growth and what comes along with that and some of the hyperbole thrown at new development. You, you hear people use words like sprawl. You hear people say overcrowded in schools, my gosh, clearly all important issues. But what I have, and and, and I'm just making a point that I have seen many people throw attacks at this annexation that were unsubstantiated, that were just outright false and sometimes were made personal against council members and other members of the community. Sorry, I had to make that brief aside. No,
1: no, no, that's that's perfectly fine because you're absolutely right. And as we get a little closer to this subject, fast forward about 10 years, you, we're going to hit the nail that you just uh, laid up for us. So, like I said, back in 2007, the Board of County Commissioners actually gave express approval um, for the 90, 90 homes to be built up there on the 70 acres just outside of Smithsburg. Well, of course, 2008 happened and the financial uh, collapse happened, the housing market tanked, uh, mortgage crisis. Um, so at that time, the developer, Mr. Cross, decided that hmm, it's probably not advantageous to start building homes because uh, no one's going to buy them. Uh, you know, we were all going through the – a lot of people didn't know if they were going to be able to stay in their existing home. Um, so, you know, fast forward, we're, you know, like I said, we're going to fast forward about 10 years because nothing really happened with that property. From about 2008, 2009, um, up until around 2000, early 2017, uh, when uh, Mr. Cross, who was the developer of Cloverly LLC, um, had come back and started to approach the town about uh, another uh, potential uh, development annexation uh, on that same property there between 64 and 77 but this time he had modified what he wanted to do to base a little bit more reflective of exactly what the economy looked like and this time his proposal was to 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 get some commercial in there uh, roughly 27 acres of commercial 26 acres of commercial uh, which would include a a senior living cottages uh, a senior housing unit Um, Along with a home for potentially a new daycare center here in Smithsburg, or I shouldn't say new, but a transferring daycare center here in Smithsburg. Um, He had um, proposed a five-year plan to give the Smithsburg EMS uh, two acres to build a new uh, station uh, on that property. Um, as well as a restaurant-type pub kind of uh, venue uh, that would be in that community. Uh, And in addition to that, there would be about 40 acres of uh, multifamily, multi-mixed homes, whether it be townhomes, single family. Uh, Some of that would have um, workforce living um, that is based off of employment and and requirements to that. Uh, But, you know, he had changed his plan. And, and that was a little more reflective of what, I guess, the economics of this time uh, looked like. So that's where he came uh, to the town council in uh, late September of 2017 with this plan. Now, he had been working with the planning commission and had been presenting some information up through that time, uh, but he, he formally came to the town council around the end of September. At the same time, he was working to get an express approval Uh, from the Board of County Commissioners because there's certain zoning requirements that the town has that are different than what the the County Commission or the County has and in order for him to do the commercial along with the residential uh, he needed to get express approval from the county Um, and at that time the Board of County Commissioners um, at the end of September 2017 withheld any kind of vote uh, because like I had said before when Mr. Cross had come into town in 2007 he actually got express approval from the Board of county Commissioners, but that very same night the town council voted against the annexation of his property uh so the county the board of county commissioners were a little uh, you know apprehensive of putting the you know the cart before the horses there and wanted the, count, the town council of Smithsburg to act first and then once we act and saw which direction we would go, uh they would act accordingly um, so uh, like I said, we move into, you know, late October. Again, the the Board of County Commissioners withhold their uh, action on express approval because they're waiting to see what happens with the town of Smithsburg um, around the 1st of November, uh, November 8th to be exact. Uh, Mr. Cross, along with several of his attorneys, come in and meet with the town and our attorneys, um, and we start to work on a pre-annexation agreement, um, which was ultimately to provide – Certain protections for the citizens of smithsburg and what a lot of folks don't understand or don't realize is development comes building in Hooks into your municipality and causes other infrastructure Issues down the road and we have this here in smithsburg Uh, we've got uh, mountain shadows which um, has complained for years about low water pressure and things like that Uh, You know, they can't take a shower, or or when they were doing their wash, they don't get enough water. So, you know, that was probably a product of design as well as capacity requirements at that time. So what we were doing was working with Mr. Cross and his team of attorneys to make sure that we provided um, protections for our constituents and residents here in Smithsburg, that if that development infringed upon or caused infrastructure issues related to his development, um, that he, the developer, would be responsible for any infrastructure upgrades or improvements that were needed to facilitate that new development. We didn't want the current you know residents of Smithsburg to have to put that on their backs as we bring this new
0: development into town so the development um, i mean this is this is classic smart growth this the developer absolutely. The developer clearly has a, a set of stipulations that was laid out and were articulated by the town council, by the leadership of the town that says, here is what we need you to do in order for this to, to make sense for. And it wasn't where the developer got everything, the town got nothing. So I just want to make that point clear that going into these negotiations, there's oftentimes where developers and in, in, in communities will have complex discussions about what's going to work best for the community. I'm saying this very simplistically, um, but they have their attorneys at the table. They have the city council, the mayor, and it's not where, you know, and all these issues that come to the table, including overcrowding of schools, roads, infrastructure, water and sewer, they're all brought to the developer's attention. It's not like they aren't paying their fair share. This is clearly articulated inside of the plans.
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, part of the the pre-annexation agreement deals with certain things that are beyond the town council's control. Uh, You know, the state of Maryland has an APFO uh, law that the, the municipalities and the counties have to abide by, I believe. Back in 2007, um, I have the numbers from 2007, but I don't have the numbers of what the developer would have paid an AP, um, APFO requirement cost, but in 2007, that was $800,000 that he was responsible yeah. for. Um, so multiplying that out, you can you can see that the developer was going to have to follow the APFO, which that money is geared towards schools and things like that as an impact uh, from the development coming in. Uh, there's state highway rules and surveys that they have to do, um, and then of course there's town zoning and requirements that we had that the developer was going to be um, you know stuck with or or adhere to based on what our planning commission had recommended for the developer. So. So, you know, now and, – and look, it's an it, it's a compromise. It's an agreement because it, it's almost like a business transaction. The developer wants to build. We want that that smart growth, as you said earlier. Um, so, you know, we did. And, and here was – you know, you had talked about misconceptions and things that were thrown out there that were untrue. You know, it was stated that the developer didn't have to pay taxes for 10 years. Um, That's not actually correct. The the actual language to that agreed um, principle was that the developer had up to 10 years before he would pay taxes, or as soon as he started development, he would start paying taxes. So if in year two he put a shovel in the ground, the town would have started collecting town property tax on that acreage up there in the development, the proposed annex uh, development. Um, It wasn't that he got a 10-year abatement and didn't have to pay for 10 years no matter what. The rationale behind that was if the developer, let's say he sits on that for 10 years, doesn't, doesn't do anything for it, he hasn't caused any infrastructure increase, he hasn't asked for any services from the town, the town's not patrolling it, the town's not taking care of it, so we understood that, okay, yeah, by the letter of the law, we could require the taxes for it. But if it's just vacant land sitting there and we're trying to get you to develop, we can work with you on this one. So that was one of those misconceptions out there that the developer had a 10 year pass on taxes, and that was just absolutely untrue. Um, you know, he had up to 10 years, or the moment that he began development on that lot was the time that we were going to start
0: collecting taxes. So. so you I want to move into let's talk about the pushback Um, and you I'm looking at an article from the Herald Mail that uh, it looks like you voted on four to one to adopt the annexation plan for Cloverly Hill, which, of course, includes the 68.18 acres of the land that's east of Smithsburg Pike on Maryland Route 64 and north of Foxville on Maryland 77. So I'm thinking I know exactly where this is and the the lone dissenting vote was um Councilman Craig Mccleef, and his justification for voting no is that the town is functioned as a small town and um but of course, you voted yes, and mm-hmm. alongside the other four members on um uh, four of your colleagues um and you talked about the tax revenue generated and the development that it's going to help pay the the expenses. And so then along comes um, some pushback in the form of a petition. And the petition, um, basically, uh, it was, you know, after it was approved, the the annexation was approved by the town council. um, Then this vote had to occur again due to Some clerical issues. What was that about, Donnie?
1: There, when we did the original vote back in December on December 5th of 2017, um, we went ahead and did it with the understanding that the exhibits that needed to be turned in uh, to the Board of County Commission and the state were attached to the original resolution. Subsequently, Hmm. we found out through the town attorney that those exhibits weren't entered. As the resolution was made, each and every exhibit was supposed to be detailed as to an attachment to the original resolution. So the resolution was read, I don't wanna say incorrectly, but the resolution didn't mention the exhibits that were attached. So our attorney felt that for clarification and to prevent any kind of lawsuit or things of that nature, we were best to redo the resolution acknowledging all the attachments that had been added um for the annexation agreement um so that was the clerical issue of that it was it was nothing other than our town attorney just wanted to make sure the language was 100 percent ironclad um as to not delay um the approval of this annexation
0: any further donnie i'm looking at some of the articles and i have about 10 or 11 pulled up on my screen, and there's so much. And uh, we're breaking this down um, in the time that we have together, and we're going to try to do this as best as we can. But the opposition, of course, and I see this as a common name, um, a guy by the name of Joe Lane and Evan Price, they were some of the key keystone leaders in the petition drive um to bring this to a referendum that would have ultimately allowed the the through the town's charter that would have allowed town residents to vote on this annexation and i want to say this as an aside about joe lane joe lane has been active in the community in the county he has run for county office i believe twice and has miserably failed at, at running for office and uh not only that um Anything that has to do with development, Joe Lane is invariably opposed to it, and I, I in fairness, I don't have Joe Lane on here to defend his position, but then again, I know where Joe Lane stands. I've had several conversations with Mr. Lane, and I know that, of course, he lives in the community. I believe he's still an educator in the community. I 'm not 100 percent.: He certain lives
1: adjacent to the property that we're discussing. So literally, okay. this annexed property would be in his backyard.
0: So it's not um, literally fairness, not in his backyard.
1: Yeah, so, well that's what I mean. So to give a fair, you know, if your if your listeners are trying to ascertain where we're talking about, if they're on Route 64 going towards Waynesboro, uh, there's the Dollar General, there's the BBT across the street, there's a, a large vacant lot adjacent from Oswald's nursery. That's the lot that we're talking about as far as as the development of Cloverly LLC. And Joe Lane lives up seventy seven about a quarter a mile up the road on seventy seven um so this development would literally be n- in his near his backyard um and and as I told Mr Lane, I empathize um you know we we've talked before about the stigma of growth and concerns that people have about growth they hear growth and especially in a small town um you know they start to to worry about you know uh, d- Ryan, we heard everything from Walmart was coming to a truck plaza was coming. Um, you know that, that that it was going to be completely turned upside down to, from what it originally had been. You know for all these years since
0: Ms. a lot of happened. misinformation,
1: a lot of misinformation, and to, and to be honest with you, you know that was the most frustrating thing in this whole this whole scenario. Is it was a very divisive issue. And I'll be very clear and very very frank in what I'm going to say. There were lies by these two individuals, and and both of them are educators in Washington County. Evan Price is a beloved educator at, at Smithsburg. My son took orchestra with Mr. Price, and he and I disagree on this issue. But outside of this, you know, we would say hi and talk. But there there if Ryan, there were things that that led and we'll get into this shortly that led to the overturning of this petition that if if we didn't have to include the constituents that were misled to sign this referendum petition, myself along with several other council members would have filed in whatever capacity we needed to, whether it was the state's attorney's office was whether it was the Maryland um, attorney general um, there were signatures that that didn't meet muster um there were a lot of residents that said that they never signed it uh, or they didn't know what they were signing um and like i said if we didn't have to drag the good people of smithsburg into the the proceeding several of us on the council were going to look at legal action um against uh at least
0: one of the petitioners if not both
1: um, so it
0: got personal i mean it sounds like with with anything that that Joe Lane touches and I've had this experience that the facts are not always presented clearly and, and I'm just saying this from a personal side because I've dealt with Mr. Lane that it immediately goes personal they attack you, they attack you personally, they attack um, it, it goes well beyond a policy position or a standard issue position but it, they it, Mr. Lane is often hit beneath the surface which I have found him to be an unfair fighter in, in some of his endeavors
1: well and you know, it's, as far as the, look, and and you know, my thing was the only time that I, it, I ever felt that it got you know a little personal with Mr. Lane was I believe there was a Facebook post that he had mentioned one of the council person spouses, um, you know, and it's like, hey, if you want to take myself on or that particular council person on as far as a policy thing, that's one thing, you know, leave the spouses out of. Now she was a vocal, she was a vocal person. You know, for the annexation. So if you want yeah. to take her on as far as a policy, that's one thing. Um, but I did feel that by by making certain comments about her position as a spouse to a council person was a little out of line. But my biggest concern was, and I think when we get into the overturning of the referendum, once residents were educated to the facts and not hyperbole and not you know nostalgia of what the town was or you know, could be, because one of the misconceptions was, and in in order and in one of the articles Joe Lane has quoted as saying they want to keep Smithsburg small. And you even mentioned councilman right. Mccleef had made that statement about wanting to keep Smithsburg small. Well, it was a little bit of a misnomer because the developer was going to develop his development either way. it was the the fundamental question was, Did the municipality want to have control on what was being developed or cede that control and power over to the county commission? That's really what the fight was about. The debate was about. It wasn't whether or not there was going to be an annexation or – I shouldn't say an annexation, a development. It was about who was going to dictate what could be built on the land. In the proposal that Mr. Cross made to the town, as I said, it was like a 60-40 split between residential and commercial. If he was to build in the county under current county zoning, it would have been all residential with up to 300 homes could have been built on that lot. So, you know, Lane and, and Mr. Price would talk about, you know, we don't want to overcapacity schools. Well, look at what you're arguing for. You're arguing for 90 homes versus 300 homes, and, right. the, and the impact of 90 homes versus 300 are vastly different, and there's going to be more of an impact if, you, if he was allowed to solely build in the county. And the other part was you have a gentleman that does not reside in town. Both gentlemen, Mr. Lane and Mr. Price, were not town-proper residents. They lived outside of town trying to dictate what happened with the duly elected officials of the residents that lived in Smithsburg.
0: Did that frustrate people who were supportive based on their, where they lived and uh, their their location to the community and their petition drive? Did that upset some people who were clearly in support of it, understanding um, the, the pro to the annexation
1: well and as uh, and, and as we went through you're absolutely right so January the 9th the town council went through and had to do another resolution to adopt the annexation again it passed four to one with Councilman McLeaf dissenting um, around February 21st um, the referendum uh, petition signature sheets were turned into town hall for the next 10 days the town manager Um, And the mayor, along with the um, Board of Elections chairperson, uh, began to verify the information on those signature sheets and petition sheets. Um, After the completion of that review by the mayor and the town manager and the Board of Elections chairperson, um, Councilman Hetherington, along with the developer, uh, did a FOIA request and asked to see the signature sheets. At that time, Councilman uh, Hetherington noted some irregularities uh, with some signatures of people that said either they didn't sign it. Uh, I can give you one example where a spouse apparently filled out and signed the form for another spouse, and the second spouse was not home. Um, and and that person was told it didn't matter that their spouse wasn't home. She could sign for him. Um So there were a lot of irregularities that we were starting to hear, Uh, people saying the same thing. Well, you know, I didn't really know what I was signing. You know, Mr. Lane was my math teacher or Mr. Price was my orchestra teacher. And then once we began to educate and, and try to get some of these misconceptions and rumors and hyperbole out of the discussion and actually explain to them, again, like I said, they weren't necessarily signing a referendum to kill the development. Because the development was coming either way, it was either going to be in town or in the county. Once they realized that they didn't want to cede over the control of what was being developed on that lot, that was when we had about 90 signature or uh, 90 forms come back in. After right. we had consulted with an outside attorney, Bill Wants, who is familiar with a lot of annexation um, uh, issues within Washington County, we, we brought him in as an outside. Uh, attorney, he gave us some guidance on a procedure that would allow folks that, if they signed, they could remove their name. And the very and, and Ryan, the very first person at a council meeting that signed the piece of paper to remove his name from the petition of referendum was Councilman Craig McLeef. Was the uh-huh. very first one to remove his name. Wow. So you know, once people realized that the development was going to come either way, and they 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 wanted. Their town council that they elected to have control, that's when about 90, 90 people, 90 residents sent the request in to have their, their name removed from – That's uh, right. Yeah. That's so, right. Therefore, they were under the required threshold uh, to move to a ballot initiative, and therefore it died and did not go on the May uh, ballot.
0: They had 389 signatures. The ballot initiative died. And so here we are today, um, the – the, the, the fa- fast forward to present time, and there is now an issue with the wastewater plant upgrades. And recently, as of um, this past week, um, an August 14th article, man, Donnie, the Smithsburg Town Council is it, it sort of has a reason to be ticked off with the county commissioners. Well, few, I don't want to say the entire commissioner board, but I, I, and I want to point this out that. Um, Commissioner Klein has been especially helpful he's attended the the, uh, the council meetings he came to hear both sides he told the newspaper he supports their request and he's agreed um, he agrees with the with Smithsburg officials that want the waste water plant upgrade so what's going on with the relationship between some of the town council members and Washington County's commissioners specifically commissioners president Terry Baker and Wayne Kiefer
1: Well, to premise the first part, both uh, County Commissioner Baker and Kiefer voted against the express approval Um, when uh, back in January. uh, Well, my understanding is that 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 Commissioner Baker has kind of uh, started to turn his back on um, development as a whole. Um, I tend to believe that if Mr. Cross's name was. Um, crampton or bowman or csx or fulton Hmm. that we would not be having this discussion i think that mr cross comes maybe uh, across a different way than some of the developers And, and 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 let me back up and say those those individuals that i just referenced a moment ago have done wonderful things as far as growth for this county so this is not a personal attack against those individuals but they, they, I guess, know how to work the system in Washington County a little bit better than an outsider does. Um, and, and, and I think that some of this is personal. I think, it's, you know, Mr. Baker, uh, Commissioner Baker, to me, at the July 24th commissioner meeting when I was there in the crowd sitting behind Deborah Smith, who represented us with our concerns, you know, comes over to me and and shakes my hand and and didn't really know who I was at first until I said my name and then you could see the light bulb go off in his head and he, he goes, "I want you were. to know that I'm not against growth, okay? Huh. Um, everything that you've done to this point shows me that you're not for this growth. Now, I also understand that county commissioner Baker has told um, Councilwoman Weaver right after she got elected last or appointed last September and the county commissioners were over in Smithsburg for their town hall meeting." that he specifically told her that he was not in favor of this growth or this development. So what does the word this mean? Is it because of the individual that I named, you know, that Mr. Cross isn't someone that they're used to, to working with? Or, you know, I could go as far as to say, is this an attempt because the referendum, and maybe Commissioner Baker and Kiefer were hoping that the referendum would go through, the annexation would be voted down, then this would die um, a slow death with sitting in the county and are they upset that the the process didn't work out in the favor that they wanted to go. That's a question that you're going to have to ask, or I'm certainly going to ask Terry Baker when he comes to Smithsburg uh, on the 14th of August to have a, a sit-down meeting with the town council um, at the work session. So I would invite the, the Smithsburg public to come out and hear that. We've also asked uh, commissioner Kiefer to come out as well as any of the other elected uh, board of county commissioners that want to come to that meeting that night, because we have direct questions. And if you go back and if you read the newspaper article that was just put out on the 14th uh, with the update where uh, Sherry Greenfeld has quotes from both Terry Baker and from Dan DeVito, it's clear that they're not on the same page. Um, you know, if, and I just reviewed before we came on air tonight because I wanted to make sure that I heard everything correctly. I heard Rob Slocum, who is the county administrator, talk about, you know, this is going to save taxpayers $14 million. And that we don't want to spend 14 million dollars on uh, capacity upgrade that would be available for 35 or maybe 50 years that it would just sit there dormant for the next 35 or 50 years. Um, so to me, it sounds like we're gonna we're gonna try a process, and I'll explain that here in a second. We're gonna try a process to try to expand capacity, um, and if that doesn't work well, then, sorry, Smithsburg, we've delayed you two more years, and we're still not guaranteeing you that we're going to do the construction upgrade of you know $14.5 million to increase capacity if that doesn't work. Uh, and that's where our frustration is, Ryan. Um, we, as an elected body over here in Smithsburg, understand working under budgets and trying to do what is the best and advantageous thing for our constituents. And, and I can't sit here and argue that spending $14.5 million dollars sounds better than only spending three hundred dollars to $500,000 on um, a plan of action if you think that plan of action is going to work. But where the disconnect comes between staff at Washington County and, and most notably Terry Baker, if you read his comment in, in Sherry Green's article from, or Greenfeld's article from the 14th, it sounds to us here in Smithburg that they're going to do the smaller attempt at a biomeg process which is um, a chemical? It, it, it's a chemical that is to reduce nitrate, and by reducing that nitrate, you could expand capacity. They want to try that route at about three hundred to five hundred thousand dollars instead of the fourteen point five. If you listen to Terry Baker and Rob Slocum, they would rather only spend five hundred thousand than the fourteen point five. But we're being told by Dan DeVito and Mark Bradshaw that the fourteen point five million dollar capacity upgrade is still on the CIP for this. This coming year in their budget, and the short-term biomag upgrade is only an interim temporary fix, and that the $14.5 million may still be done. Well, that makes no sense whatsoever. So well, why would
0: you want I, to spend – I want to get a question in here, Donnie. Sure, and, go ahead. Sorry. About, no, 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 and I appreciate this is important background for people who are listening – that I'm trying to understand the staffing situation between the commissioners and the disconnect. So my question is, did the staff, did they tell you what was going to happen with the treatment plan? And, and doesn't, doesn't that differ from what Commissioner Baker is saying and, and what the commissioners actually discussed?
1: We were not led to this information until June.
0: Um,
1: wow. And I found that information out through talking to count, someone within the county that this was being proposed. Um, and, you know, we weren't told about it. The developer who has done everything that the town and the county and the state has asked him to do was never made aware of this. And if you go back and listen to the the um, Board of County Commissioner meeting on the 24th, you know, Mark Bradshaw and Dan DeVito talk about how they oversold allocation, and now they have to do this, this uh, north end transfer upgrade, well – Someone's not doing something right, because every municipality is responsible for turning in the amount of EDUs that they use on a yearly basis. Mm-hmm. And, and so the county knows that we have 161 available EDUs right here, right now. The developer at Cloverly needs 250 to complete his entire development. And this is not just about one developer or one development. We've got other developers that are looking to come in. If the county would do the $14.5 million capacity upgrade, you're looking at being able to transfer portions of those EDUs to the other 40% of the eastern portion of the county long-term. And that's where if you, if you go back and watch the video, you see Jeff Klein ask that very question, and Rob Slocum shoots that down and says, well, why would we want to build something that we may not need for 35 to 50 years? I understand that. But can you imagine what the extrapolated cost of this upgrade would be if you wait thirty-five years to do it?
0: Well, so, that was, was the was leading question that I was going to have, Donnie. Is what yeah. has this county administrator, Rob Slocum, has he taken any active role in, in in trying to resolve the issue with with you or to understand the importance of the upgrade to Smithsburg in the county?
1: Um, we the town manager. Uh, sent a request for information and a meeting with Rob Slocum um, right probably about the first, the end of June, first of July. Finally, we did meet with Dan DeVito and Mark Bradshaw, myself, uh, the mayor and town manager, met with them on Ju- July 19th, and they advised us that this BioMag process that they were looking to do it on a, a cheaper. Potential you know uh, it would be a cheaper project with the potential of getting the needed uh, capacity that we needed for all of our development over here in Smithsburg um, so that's what we were told so we go along thinking that okay this is in you know this is going to be part of phase one we're going to do this and then they're going to commit to us to do the, the the you know construction capacity upgrade if you go back and you listen to what Rob Slocum and Terry Baker said at the july twenty fourth Board of County Commissioner meeting. It sounds like the county wants to do the the biomag upgrade for about half a million dollars, and that is it. Saving the taxpayers fourteen point five million of the other capacity plant upgrades. And our concern is, like I said, there's a lot of what ifs. We don't know if the biomag is going to work. We do know that if they build more tanks, we're going to have more capacity. We're not sure that if this The county goes in and tries to change the permitting from the 300,000 gallons that we have today and only asks for 450,000, will the state allow us to go back later on and ask for another 250,000 gallons? There's no guarantee. So not only have we met with Mr. Slocum and Mr. DeVito and Mr. Bradshaw, Julie Pipple who used to work for the county is an employee of Dan Cross. She came in and made a presentation on behalf of her employer and we invited Greg Murray to come in and give us a little bit of backstory as to where we got to this yeah. position today.
0: Greg, Greg Murray so is The town, com-
1: town council is doing its homework on this issue, and what we want is assurances that if you're going to do the biomag upgrade, that you are guaranteeing us that the 14.5 million dollar capacity upgrade will be done, and give us a time frame. Don't just say it'll be done. Well, when? Because if you're going to do it in 2021 or 2022 as originally proposed, you're not doing any of the construction prep. You're not doing any of the engineering prep. So to us, this sounds like the Biomag process is going to be in lieu of the overall uh, capacity upgrade, which, again, I go back to and say – not only affect Smithburg, but could affect the entire eastern portion of Washington County. And if we're going to sit on our hands and wait 25 years to realize that there's a problem. See, we could do like every other municipality or every other location is. We could max out our our capacity and our EDUs and then go beg the county to hurry up and do some sort of magic construction upgrade. We're trying to do smart growth here. We've done our due diligence. We've done everything that have, we we have been asked to do over the nine to ten years that this development has been around. And all we're asking for is to the county, you know, show up for Smithsburg, um, help our residents because what we don't want to have to do is, like I said very early on in our interview, Ryan, is to go from the third lowest tax rate to the second or third highest tax rate in Washington County.
0: And if we don't
1: have this strategic long-term growth in our plan, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at Here's, you know, 20% increases in a year.
0: One aspect that I just quite cannot wrap my head around, Donnie, is that uh, Commissioner Baker – Said, he told the Herald-Mail that there has been no delay or change in the capital budget, and then he questioned where people are getting their information from. That they're not, he's saying that, that he's not trying to delay this project. They're not trying to delay anything. But then uh, there was a report prepared by Danny DeVito and Mark Bradshaw that recommended the commissioners delay the construction. So how would he not know that? That's what I'm well, then that's
1: the seat, and that's, the, that's where we're at, because look, Brian, we deal with budgets. We know that you can put something in the budget. It doesn't necessarily you're going to you know, go through with it when it comes time. And <laughs> that's what our concern is that, that Terry Baker in an election year is going to spout that it's still there, it's still there, it's still there, and then when it's time to actually do the action, and that's what we want. We want action. Go ahead and start working on the engineering design. Start working on concepts. So that we know we 're heading down that path, but you're absolutely correct, Ryan. The article highlights the disconnect between county staff and the elected officials and we as Smithsburg elected officials and residents over here we want to we want you guys on the same page you know we've had a great relationship with the county over the years, but you know like I said before I, I've got neighbors friends constituents you know people in this community that you know we're raising water rates every year because you know, we buy our water from the city of Hagerstown, and we have to pass those rates along to our customers. You know, we also have to raise our water or our sewer rates when the county raises their sewer rates because ours flows into the county pumping station. You know, so we're already hammering, you know, our residents over here uh, as far as those charges, you know. And, and, and where we're getting to a point is is if we don't have this growth, and, and I go back to I don't know if this is political, I don't know if the powers that be are upset that, like I said, this referendum didn't go through and now they're trying to find another way to kill this development. But I can tell you this, and and as Councilman Hetherington stated in the article on August 14th, we over here in Smithsburg, and I'll only speak for myself, but uh, I'm sure Rich would agree with this. I am going to do everything that I humanly possibly can do to get County commissioners that are going to work and represent the eastern portion of the county, namely Smithsburg, because that's my constituent base. And if that means two or three incumbent county commissioners don't get reelected, then shame on them, because um, we, unlike other municipalities who haven't that have you know haven't paid uh, back on loans and things that owe the county or have to be bailed out for their management of certain things over the years. Smithsburg has hardly ever asked the county commissioners for anything. And yeah. when we're asking for something, um, you know, we're asking for the, the backing of the county commissioners so that we can have strategic growth, which is in the county and town's growth plan, we need them. We, we need them to bat uh, for this community. And if not, then then these votes over here in Smithsburg and this eastern portion of the county are going to be open to those candidates, Republican, Democrat, Independent, that are willing to stake out a claim and represent the eastern county mm-hmm. as much as they would any other portion of this county. So Donnie, you know, if that, that if that offends certain county commissioners, I'm sorry, um, but we're looking out for what's best for our constituents yeah. over here.
0: Well, and that's important as a community leader. You have to look out for what is best to make sure that the project is on on par make sure that things are moving ahead you guys have an an mou with the developer and look this thing is ha- it's it's going to go through either way i don't understand the i mean I, I guess in a way i do understand the pushback but if the commissioners and the county staff are not on the same page and it seems seemingly the county administrator is telling you one thing and then you're hearing a different it's a, a, a different information from the county commissioners to me as a as a county or a town official uh, that would that would really frustrate me Have there been candidates or other people in elected office any other commissioners who have been what who who you believe have been on the right side of this issue or at least willing to listen to the position and sit down at the table and have a discussion
1: well we'll we'll find out as I mentioned uh, earlier you know we've invited. Uh, the county commissioners to come out uh, to our, our work session on the 14th of August. I know uh, Commissioner Baker has agreed uh, to come out. Uh, commissioner Klein has been out several times, not just this past one, but several times. We've reached out, uh, myself, the mayor, other elected officials in Smithsburg have reached out to all, I believe all of the candidates that are running for county commissioner. Uh, Bill McKinley was just at our last meeting as well. Um, you know, uh, Brian Bell has been there. Uh, Ed Forrest, Donna Brightman, um, i trying to think if I'm forgetting anyone, um, but I believe that's it, um, that have come uh, to listen to our concerns uh, and have talked to us. Uh, I kind of get a chuckle. Um, at the primary election, uh, Commissioner Kiefer had signs that said, Smithsburg supports Wayne Kiefer. <laughs> Never been to Smithsburg other than the, the town count or the uh, Board of County Commissioner meeting that was held at town hall last September, um, so, you know, has shown no real interest in working with or talking to us, uh, and hopefully we'll get some answers here on the 14th as to why they voted against the express approval, you know, why is it that they don't support the upgrade, Uh, and then, like I said, Ryan, very early on, I can understand the difference of saving $14 million, but at what cost, you know, if you're going to put, you know, half a million into something now and and not sure you're going to get what does the cost of the capacity upgrade look like in another two or three years if we delay it? Or, as Rob Slocum said, why do we want to do this if you know we may not need all the capacity for 35 years? Well, okay, I, I get that, but you can transfer these allocations around. And unlike up at the, at the Weinbrenner um, station up at Fort Ritchie, up in Cascade, we have a de- demand and a need. We have development that wants to come in. Like I said before, this isn't solely about Cloverly LLC. It's about other uh, development and potential growth in our area. Um, so, like I said, we could just sell those allocations, max out, and then you know, put the county in a position to have to do something um, half-heartedly or hurried. But we thought we were doing the right thing by planning this out, by working along with the county and the state on this smart growth that they would be there for us. And right now it doesn't seem like they, they want to do this.
0: Boy, that's we covered a lot, um, and <laughs> I, I'm hoping that I'm hoping the community too backs you up on this. And when and you you said August 14th, but we've already passed the 14th. I'm is sorry, 14th? yeah, it's
1: August 28th is our our uh, work oh. session that the uh, county commissioners are to
0: be at. So you expect uh, a full house. You expect members, and of course that is public. You're going to see some some folks that are going to come out and um, and and it's going to be transparent. And I, I would look at this issue, Donnie, and, and I, I I don't want to be political, but I would say that this issue particularly, um, of course, it transcends Republican-Democrat politics. There's, that has really nothing to do with it at all. But this is a major issue for anyone running for county commissioner this year to, to, to post a position on this, to have a discussion with uh, Smithsburg residents and the Smithsburg Town Council, and to show – where they stand and to stake out a position because look, if they leave you guys high and dry and clearly the finances are there, you have an understanding of what needs to be done and what the wastewater, uh, what, what you need to do as far as upgrades are concerned, then I just don't see the problem. What, what am I missing? And I don't think that we're making this too difficult for, you know, I'm a layman. I, I'm I'm just a guy looking at this from the outside. I see this issue. Several articles have been written about this, and I have a town councilman on the horn with me to talk about this. But I don't think that this is a a, a truly complex issue. If you have the resources to do it now, why in the heck would they wait? Well, and that's the
1: thing. I, it just and and Ryan, you've done your homework. You've done your due diligence, and I would encourage your listeners and 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 our residents here to go look at the article that Cherry wrote on the 14th to go back and look at what the Board of County Commissioners and Rob Slocum said on the uh, July 24th uh, Board of County Commission meeting, and you'll see that there is a big disconnect. And what, the other thing I, can, I cannot stress is we have a developer that, that wants – what he needs is he needs assurances so that he can get the financial um, aspects done for his development. And, and as Greg Murray, when he came in and made the presentation to us several weeks ago, said, he goes, look, just in connection fees – the developer, when he sells these um, units and and you know, the building starts to begin you're looking at about a twelve million dollar return on investment over let's say the ten year period of the build okay well wow. in connection fees well, the county gets two thirds of that, so nine million <laughs> over the term of the the grow out and this doesn 't include taxes this is just on connection fees would almost pay for the 14.5 million now i realize that we don't work in that kind of scenario but to sit there to say that you know you're going to do this capacity upgrade and and you don't want to put that cost on the backs of other county residents i get that but you're not being genuine when you don't tell them that hey they got a development that's ready to come in and we're going to get some of that recoup back over the course of time and i go back to my original complaint or concern is if we wait Two, three, four, five, 15 years, what does the extenuated cost become from 14 million to 30 million? And, and, and who's to say that the county's going to be in a position in five, six years to, to do a $30 million project that they could have done for 14? Um, knowing yeah. that you've got a developer that's coming. Like I said, it's not like Fort Ritchie where they put, they put all this money into the Weinbrenner uh, pumping station with the hopes that something would ever be developed at, at Fort Ridgely right. and it's taken what nearly 30 years since Brack, 25 years since Brack shut down the base for them to have a potential buyer. Um, so, Hey, if you spend all that money to fix the wine Brunner and upgrade that, and now you're a little gun shy, the difference is we've got development. we got growth that wants to come in Smithsburg, but it's on hold because they're not sure the capacity is going to be there.
0: You have a you have a developer ready to break ground, to, ready to make this project happen to increase your tax base, and they could lose, you could lose, the 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 community could lose all of that with this in, interim upgrade. And that's in look the interim is just that it's interim, and they're they're going to spend the money, and then they're going to try to upgrade it. And if they can't do the upgrade, they could lose what forty percent of the zoning to the county. I I just I, look. I am, uh, as a guy with a uh, a political science degree and a uh, and you know and, and going for the MBA, I got to tell you, man, my MBA math tells me that the deal you have moving forward is the smart deal. Why are they? Why are? Why? Why is the county seemingly on a different page? And I would hope that the county leaders sit at the table and really try to understand. This plan moving forward, not to say that they don't, but I don't want to hear any politics, I don't want to hear anything else, but this is the right plan, this is the, at the right time, and you risk a lot as a community if this doesn't move forward.
1: Well, and then like I said, Ryan, the fallback is is if this gets delayed in the short term for the next few months, then the focus solely becomes on like what Councilman Hetherington said at our last mayor and council meeting, we need to get elected officials they're going to work yeah. on the behalf of the constituents over here in Smithsburg
0: yeah.
1: um, you know it needs to be a representation of all, not certain demographics or certain areas or certain developers or whatever you want to say, but you know there's it needs to be for the, the smart growth of the county. And, and a lot of times, and, and you know this in your political science background, a lot of times governments don't want to make the hard choices because the immediate effect is not today. And it may take 10, 15, 20 years to see the residual results. This is one of those examples where, yes, you're making a $14 million investment today. And, yes, you're creating capacity that you may not need solely today just in Smithsburg. But like I said, think of the extenuating cost that if you wait on a project like this, hey, you've budgeted, it's there. You keep telling the town of Smithsburg that it's still in the budget, it's still sitting there, then act on it. Just do it. Because like I said earlier, I know that if you put tanks in the ground, we're going to have the full capacity that we need. That I know for a fact. If you want to put biomag on steroids and see if we get enough capacity, that's a 50-50 proposition, which again – puts us in a position where, you know, do we raise taxes? Do we have to increase fees? Do we cut services? Do we lay people off? You know, these are decisions that we as elected officials are going to have to make while the county commissioners kind of keep us, you know, twirling in the wind.
0: Yeah. Well, Donnie, we talked about a lot tonight. I appreciate uh, understanding the side of the story from uh, a a sitting councilman. Uh, This has been... Look it we got a little wonky tonight in policy, but that's important because we have to break down this and explain it and look, people are following this, they're reading the newspaper, but this is another avenue to listen to. This is another outlet that and that's why um in my show i I try to bring the local um story that is uh that is happening in these various communities all over the state of Maryland directly to where people can listen and tune out and listen you know and listen to the podcast in the car. Um, And I really appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation. This was your first time on the show, and I hope you'll come back because there's a lot more to talk about with the town of Smithsburg. And I'm sort of partial to Washington County having grown up there. I don't live there any longer, but I'm happy to always talk about what's happening up there. And people seem to always be interested in what's happening in Washington County because of there's always something going on. That's interesting. Um, uh, certainly statewide, but Donnie, you, um, your wealth of knowledge, you're welcome to come back anytime. And I really appreciate you breaking down this topic and presenting it in a way that, um, is different than a soundbite that you might get out of the newspaper.
1: Well, Brian, I appreciate, appreciate the opportunity to speak to you. And to uh, hopefully educate some people on the matter and the issue and and yes, I would love anytime you want to talk about an issue that's that's uh, you know here in Washington County or as we get closer to national elections, I know that you and I sometimes <laughs> are on the opposite side of the political spectrum. Um, so hey, anytime you want to pick my brain, my brain is available for you to pick. so well, I appreciate um,
0: that and, and I, I, I really appreciate
1: the opportunity, and what you're doing is a great service for our community, and I hope you continue to do it.
0: Well, I appreciate that, and um, I will, and I will continue to, to bring these stories alive. Sometimes people don't always appreciate, I, I also, I'll also i use that word, um, the local nitty-gritty of politics, but this is what it's all about in these small communities. I like getting into the, the intricate policy details, and people might not be interested in, in wastewater treatment or um, MOUs or annexation policy, but this is the nuts and bolts of what really interests me as far as local government concerns. And um, that's what I'm trying to do differently than, um, you know, like I just said, you know, a newspaper article that, you know, and I want to give credit to the Herald mail um, to Sherry Greenfield. She has put out some excellent material for people to read. And that's online that I looked up and I did a lot of my homework by, by talking to various community officials, by reading the Herald mail um, and You know, looking at the town, Um, I'd love to get uh, Daniel Cross on sometime so we can talk a little bit more about Cloverly Hill. So um, maybe we can make that happen.
1: Absolutely. Um, We can certainly try to go down that route. And and like I said, Ryan, I appreciate the opportunity. And uh, like I said, I'm always open if you need me.
0: All right. Donnie, you are a stand-up guy. Have a great week, and thanks for coming on.
1: Hey, thank you, Ryan, and I'll talk to you soon.
0: All right. Take it easy. Hey. All right, that was Smithsburg Town Councilman Donnie Souders. We talked a lot about the annexation. We discussed the wastewater upgrade, and you can read a little bit more about this on Herald Mail Media. Sherry Greenfield, as I mentioned, has written a series of articles. She covers the Smithsburg Town Council. They will have a town session, or rather a a work session, with the county commissioners, on August the 28th. So, with that, I appreciate you listening. Uh, we ran over our hour allotted time, but it was an excellent discussion. You can find me on the web at aminerdetail.com. I'm here every Sunday night. Of course, this show will be turned into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Have a great week. Uh, don't get sunburned, wear sunscreen um, as I'm coming back and looking at my sunburnt arm. But thank you for listening, everybody. And please, if you ever have any questions or if you want to email me any comments, it's Ryan at aminordetail.com. Have a great week. Uh.